I was interested in the question that uh, Father Wilde gave last night, that we should be compassionate towards the, um, the, the spiritual babes among us, and that uh, we should not uh, expect too much from them, and allow them to grow. And uh, as I was thinking of that, my mind went to my youngest grandson, who is five years of age and has a brother who is 10 and another brother who is 17. And the little fella has never had an opportunity to be a baby because his survival has demanded that he equalize himself to his brothers. And uh, to prove his maturity, I asked him the other day what he intended to be. And he's only a small little fellow that size. He told me he wanted to be an archaeologist. <laughs> now, it took me 20 years to say that word. So I said to him, well, what exactly do you mean that you want to be an archaeologist? So he said, I want to search up some ancient things and see what they're all made of. And um, it, it brings back the fact that uh, I believe and I'm noticing that young people are maturing in these days in the body of Christ in a very rapid way. Um, and I believe that this is because the, the time of perfection is drawing nigh. And uh, in the, in the um, maturity of the church that's now taking place, I think we can see and notice our young people maturing in a very, very swift manner. Now, last night we, we talked and answered them some questions as to why apostolic? And uh, mentioned that the essence of apostolic teaching is the, is the doctrine of the apostles and the prophets. And then we went in to describe what that doctrine is. It is centered in the person of Jesus Christ, and in particular, in the exaltation of Christ. The essence or the substance or the meaning of apostolic ministry is centered in the exaltation of Christ. I believe that the birth of Jesus, the life of Jesus, and the death of Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus and the ascension of Jesus finds its fullest expression in his exaltation. It is the exaltation of Christ that, that gives meaning to his birth, meaning to his life, meaning to his death, and meaning to his resurrection and ascension. And therefore, when we talk about apostolic ministry, the essence of the apostolic ministry is the fact that Jesus is exalted far above all. And then we spoke about the, uh, the headship of Christ over the church, and we talked about how that he is the foundation of the church, and then we talked at length about the, the setting of each member in the body of Christ. And we took some time over that and uh, emphasized some points which I'm going to try and uh, take up tonight. And uh, just to try and, and capture the current, we talked how Paul speaks that from Christ, the head of the church, the whole body, that is, every member, we talked last night about how each mem member is called, sovereignly called, uh, predestined by God, elected by God, and how each member is set into the body of Christ. 
And then Paul says, and I mentioned how that because of the setting of each member of the body of Christ in a most unique manner, how the body of Christ is a, a, a living organism of the Holy Spirit. And that as that body uh, minister together, we can expect and anticipate the supernatural, spectacular manifestation of the power of, of the exalted Christ in the midst of his church. So when we, when we come together, this should be the anticipation. This is what we should anticipate as we gather together a supernatural fellowship. And then we closed last night by, by emphasizing that from Christ, from his headship, we are, we are placed into the fullness of Christ as God places us in the body. We are placed into the fullness of Christ. We're absorbed into the fullness of Christ. And that we are organically united to Christ, who is the head. We spoke about that. And because of this, we're also uh, uniquely and organically related one to another. And I think that this is a point and an area that needs to be emphasized today. We need to realize in touching one, we touch the whole. What we say about one member, we say about the whole body of Christ. The way we relate to one member is the way we relate to the whole body. And uh, we have an example of this, that when the when uh, Saul of Tarsus was persecuting the church, the charge that uh, Jesus made against him was this, not why are you persecuting uh, the church, but why do you persecute me? And uh, I, I, one of the thoughts we need to emphasize also is this, that in touching each other, we are actually touching the Lord. And that brings a tremendous sense of responsibility. And so Paul says, from Christ, the whole body joined and held together for a relationship by every supporting joint or by every supporting ligament, as every joint in the body supplies, as every joint, as every member ministers. You see, every member, if you're a member of the body of Christ, then you must minister. You must express the fullness of Christ to the body. We're not only members who are receiving, but we receive to give. And the whole motion of the body of Christ is receiving the fullness of Christ and then imparting that fullness to every member of the body of Christ until the body is filled with the very richness of Christ. And as every member does this, the body grows and builds up itself in love. Now, to be apostolic, therefore, is to see the proper functioning, to see the body of Christ supernaturally, spectacularly functioning under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, and that there flows in the body the supernatural ministries of Christ himself. Now, I want to return for a few moments to the headship of Christ. And I'm reading from Colossians chapter 1 and verse 18. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. In every aspect of the ministry of the body of Christ, it is vital that Jesus Christ have the preeminence. 
I think we need to get away from, from this idea that we enjoyed that particular sermon or message from brother so-and-so, or we appreciated our prophecies of sister so-and-so. I'm suggesting to you that when the ministries of the Holy Spirit flow in the body of Christ, they are all exaltative to Jesus. And when we leave the gathering, the impact of that gathering is upon the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. If all we've heard is a, is a sermon, or if all we see is a demonstration of the Holy Spirit through another member, then we have missed it all. All the ministries are harmonized and are cemented together in such a manner as to declare and to reveal continually in the body of Christ the preeminence of the Lord Jesus Christ. He must have preeminence in all things. Now then, when I think of the headship of Christ to the church, and we talked about this last night, the headship of Jesus must be visibly manifested and expressed to the church. I must see, as a member of the body of Christ, I must see the visible manifestation of the headship of Christ in the church. And in order for this to happen, we read from Ephesians 4 and 11. And he gave some as apostles, and some as prophets, and some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers. Now, first of all, let me suggest to you that we must capture again the vision of the preeminence of Christ in his headship. And I introduce the thought tonight by saying that Jesus, first of all, is the eternal and complete apostle. He, secondly, is the eternal and complete prophet. Thirdly, he is the complete and eternal evangelist. Fourthly, he is the complete and eternal pastor or shepherd. And he is the complete and eternal teacher. That in his headship, he is the complete fullness of all the headship ministries in the church. Now, as the head of a body, he chooses men. And into those men, he deposits from himself his own gifts. And so he chooses men, and a man can never become an apostle. A man can never become a prophet. A man can never become an evangelist. It is the gift of Christ that is deposited within them. He is the apostle. But he takes of the fullness of his apostleship and he deposits the gift of apostleship in men. Men are recognized as apostles because of the gift of Christ within them. Men are recognized as prophets because of the prophetic gift of Christ within them. And so it is with the evangelist, and so it is with the pastor, and so it is with the teacher. Now, let's remember that these are not the gifts of men, but the gift of Christ in men. Christ in his headship is the sovereign head of the body. And he, he, he has designed to visibly manifest his headship to the church 
by depositing these gifts into men. So when I listen to an apostle, I expect to see a demonstration of the apostleship of Christ in that individual. In his life, in his conduct, in, his, in the demeanor, in the characteristics, in every department of his life, not only on the pulpit, but there should be with his ministry the atmosphere and the influence of the very, of the very apostleship of Christ. Now the same thing applies to the prophet. The prophet is an expression of the very fullness of the prophethood of Christ. So when we are listening to an apostle declaring the truth of the word, there should be a sensitivity and an acknowledgement. It's not just the voice of a man or indeed the, the ability of a man, but it, we are listening to the, the gift of apostleship that God has put there. That's what we're listening to. Not the mind of a man, not the ability of a man, not the charisma of a man. We're listening to the eternal gift of Christ that will be deposited within that individual. And so it is with the prophet, and so it is with the evangelist, and so it is with the pastor, the teacher. And as these ministries uh, manifest themselves among us, then we, we, we visibly see the glory and the power and the potential of the headship of Christ in the church. Now then, these gifts as they, as they minister in the church, they are the visible spiritual covering of God to the church. What does covering mean? Covering means that, that they preserve they protect and they promote. And they preserve you in the will of God. They protect you in the will of God. And they promote you in the will of God. That is the ministry of the headship. The, the ministry contains the body, retains the body in the current of God's eternal purpose. And promotes the church in the purpose of God to fulfill ultimately the will of God. And so the, the headship ministries are first of all the visible, spiritual, God-given covering to the body. And we need a covering. If ever there was a day that the church needs to be covered, it needs a blanket of Holy Ghost covering in these days. These are days of deception. When the enemy comes into the church as an angel of light. And we need these, these ministries as our covering to discern the deceptive voice of the enemy in the church. And to preserve the body of Christ. They are the government of the church. People are afraid of the word government. But we speak about government tonight. But the headship ministries... The five ascension ministries, they are the government of the church. And let me say this, the purpose of this government of apostles and prophets and evangelists, pastors and teachers is to equip the church to become ultimately the governing body of Christ to the ages to come, in which now you and I will be involved. 
The purpose of the present government, the spiritual government in the church, is to prepare the whole church, the whole body of Christ. We are going to govern angels. We are going to govern the heavenly realms. We are going to govern the whole earthly realms. The new age that will dawn. The new earth and the new heaven. We are going to be governed. And God is preparing the church to be the central governing body of that eternal age. And the purpose of the present divine government in the church is to equip the church for a glorious ultimate. You are predestined to be a part of the government of God. Hallelujah. And also these ministries are the illuminating light that bring revelation and bring truth to the body of Christ. So the visible expression of the headship of Christ in the church manifested through these ministries. They are the covering of the church, they are the government of the church, and they are thirdly the illumination. The church is illuminated by their ministry. They bring light. The light shines in. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He said, you are now the light of the world. A city set upon a hill. And so these ministries are the light of the headship of Christ in the church, illuminating. Until we stand sometimes staggered and awed as these ministries flow among us. And I want to suggest to you something that maybe is slightly different. I am coming to believe very quickly. And I base this upon, upon a conclusion from scriptures. If these are the ministries that are to equip the body of Christ and to bring the body of Christ to perfection, then every local church must be exposed to these ministries. And if that be so, then I believe it's God's will in every local setting for these gifts to be birthed. See, we've thought of apostles of men who, have, who are in the ministry and they have their salaries paid. And we think of prophets likewise. And somehow we have conceived that a called out man has to be a salaried man. I am suggesting to you that it's time for us to begin to look at our local assemblies and forget the salaries and look for the function. And see the ministries that God will birth in the local church. He will birth deacons, he will birth elders, he will birth shepherds, but I believe he can birth apostles in a local setting. Amen. He can birth prophets in a local setting. He can birth evangelists and pastors and teachers in the local settings. And there is no reason in a local setting where there should be a flow of this ministry. Locally, nationally, internationally, in the body of Christ. Now the purpose of these ministries is to seek the will of the head. They have a responsibility. It's not just an automatic type of ministry that flows through them, but it's, it, 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 these, these headship 
ministries must, must, must be in the presence of God continually. Remember the Acts of the Apostles. When because of the need to the church, the apostles were looking after the widows. And they were caring for the tables. And as they were doing this, there was no time for prayer. And there was no time for study of God's word. And so wisdom came to them and they chose out seven men. And these men were to take responsibilities to look after the widows and care for them. And to make the preparations for the, what is known as the ministry of the tables. And they said, now you do that ministry so that we as the apostles can set ourselves apart for the seeking of the face of God, for prayer and the study of God's word. And dear ones, there's a danger in these days. The church is becoming so administrative. It is becoming so organized that called out men are being driven this way into administration and to, have to, 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 to uh, care for so many other things that they have no time to come before God and spend days in God's presence that the gift within them may be anointed by the Holy Spirit and that there might be a flow from the headship of Christ as a gift within them is energized by God's Spirit. That when they come before God's people, they don't come empty, they come full of God. And out of the innermost being and the anointing of the Lord, there is a pouring of the revelations of God that feed the people of God. And so these gifts must, must set themselves apart. They must not allow anything to infringe upon their ministries. And as God's people, uh, just a word of counsel and wisdom here, we must see to it that we don't remain little babes who will demand the attention of the pastor. We must grow up and depend upon the Lord and find God's answer for our own lives so that the pastor can be released to find the face of God and find the heart of God and find the will of God and come into God's people uh, to feed them from that which God has revealed to him or even to her heart. Now these headship ministries must bring to the body revelation. Revelation. Revelation is the unveiling of Christ. In his will and in his purpose and in, 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 his, in his fullness. They bring vision. Bring vision. Have you ever been in the service? You come in and you sat down and you've listened to a ministry. And as you've listened to that ministry, the, the Holy Ghost has come upon you and your eyes have been opened. And as you're listening to truth uh, that comes to you a new understanding. You may have read that scripture so many times, but as God's servant begins to break it before you, the Holy Spirit opens your eyes and you see new depths. You begin to see uh, uh, new vistas and God gives you a vision. And God then burns that vision into your heart in such a way that you can never forget it. Now the headship ministers also are to bring the body of Christ direction. Direction. The body of Christ must be directed in the way of the Lord, in the will of God, the purpose of God. And they bring to the body of Christ maturity. See, I believe this, that apostles must reproduce themselves in the body. You know what I mean? When an apostle is preaching, 
and revealing apostolic truth. He is planting into that body listening to him. He is actually impregnating that body with apostolic seed. And that apostolic seed fertilized by the Holy Spirit will create in that body apostles. And the same with prophets, the same with evangelists, the same with pastors, and same as teachers, until the body of Christ is continually spiritually pregnant. Whew. And there are days of birth. Have you ever had your own son, your own children, brought up in your homes, exposed to an environment of a Christian home? They come to Sunday school. They continue faithful in the assembly. They come to be teenagers. And suddenly as you're sitting one night in the congregation, your own son comes to the platform. As he stands there, having been exposed to ministries, having listened to godly men speaking, suddenly, as you listen to that man speaking, it may be a simple testimony, but you begin to see the beginnings of a gift of Christ. Birthed in the assembly. Born in the Holy Ghost atmosphere. A supernatural manifestation of God. Now, each of these functions or each of these ministries are vital to the body of Christ. We must have apostolic ministry. We must have prophetic ministry continually. The only conventions. It must be a continual flow of these ministries into the body. We need in the body of Christ a continual flow of the evangelistic ministry. Evangelism is not only to the world, there is an evangelism to the church that keeps the church continually quickened to the glory of the gospel. We need a continual flow of a pastoral shepherding ministry. And we need a continual declaration through the lips of the teacher who unveils to us the basis, the foundations of the truth. Now, each truth, each ministry is distinctive. Apostles are not prophets, and prophets are not apostles. There is a distinctive quality in each of the ministry. Not that the apostle is greater than the teacher, for they are equal in their setting. But there can be a difference in the extent of the ministry. In this way, a pastor may be localized. Apostle can be universal. But there's no difference in the responsibility. Although there has to be a recognition of apostleship because the order is first apostles. And there has to be a submission on the basis of that order to the apostleship. But each function, each ministry is distinctive. The ministry of the apostle is distinctive. It's different to prophecy. It's different to the teacher. It is distinctive. There is an authority about the ministry that is distinctive. There is a depth, there is a richness about it that's distinctive. The, the, the ministry of prophecy is distinctive. It is recognized by its distinctiveness. And so 
This applies also to all the other ministries. Now, each of these functions, therefore, is vital to the body, the church. And each function is recognized by its God-given and anointed authority. A quality of authority that is revealed through the word. Let me give you an example of what I mean tonight. My daughter married a young man from the city of London whose name was John Christensen. When he came into our house the first time, he was pathetic. I have never seen such a shy young fellow, and we in our home, we were always jumping and shouting and singing and loving, and this fellow comes in and he's so shy and he sits down in the chair and he's so quiet. Pathetic. And they moved to Montreal, and they came to the church, and John was very, very faithful. And he and I would, would, would walk and we would talk, but he was so shy, I wouldn't dare put him in front of the congregation. With all his ability, he become tongue-tied. His face would change completely instead of the congregation. And God said to me one day, he's an elder. I said, no, God, never. <laughs> and God said to me, over and over and over, he is an elder and nurture him. And against every grain in my being, a prophet came among us one day, and to my astounding surprise, he was called to be an elder. I accepted the word and we anointed him as an elder. Man, when he came out to give a hymn, it was flat. When he would try to preach the word, he was tied to his notes. But suddenly, as he began to give himself the ministry, I began to discover that into his very spirit was coming a strength and an anointing. And out of that shy mold, God began to fashion a vessel. And as God was fashioning, I was pouring in. And he was listening. I'm not saying it for any pride. I'm saying it for practical understanding tonight. And I poured in, and I poured in, and I poured in, and I began to see this man rising, and the shyness was being removed, and now the strength of God was beginning to pulsate within him, and there came an authority into his life, until we began to realize, as he began to open God's word, that God was fashioning through his word a vessel that will be honorable unto him. Amen? And from an eldership, he was called to be an apostle. And you know, it was remarkable to see the difference as he began to exercise himself in his apostleship, how there came a new authority and a new anointing. And this substantiates the fact tonight that every ministry has a distinctive quality of authority about it. And that this is vital to the body of Christ. And that each function is recognized. When a man has to say, I am an apostle, there's something weak in that man. Or I am an evangelist. If I am an apostle, the gift within me will reveal itself to the body. And the body will say, he's an apostle. If I'm an evangelist, I don't have to have 
advertise myself as such. The gift within me will manifest itself. And the body of Christ will say, we have an evangelist among us. A gift maketh room for itself. Now, in this, in this setting of government in the church, there is not in the church by virtue of this government what I suggest a legal hierarchy. You know, this is not a super hierarchy, untouchable group of men. I remember a man in Britain, his name was W.H. Lewis. He was an apostle of Christ, ministered in Germany, was imprisoned in the war. And I remember the great W.H. Lewis preaching on apostles. He said, apostles first. In what? In humility. Where do the apostles minister? At the feet of the saints. What the apostles do, they come and they share their hands underneath the body of Christ and they lift the body up in ministry unto the Lord. They don't stand aloof, occupy a hierarchy ministry. I am the pastor in this place. No, no, first in humility. This is not an elite setting of men that are untouchable and unapproachable. But a setting of ministries set for the blessing and the covering and the promotion and the blessing of the body of Christ until the church embraces his ministry as a vital necessity within the fellowship. And so these ministries are there first of all for our covering. They cover us. I want to tell you, saints, when you have been privileged to be part of a fellowship that is covered spiritually by these ministries, and when you leave that ministry, you remove yourself from the covering. Are you hearing me? And when you remove yourself from that covering, you expose yourself to untold dangers. They're there, they cover us. They are there for our preservation. They are there for establishing us in the faith. They are there for equipping us. You see, when a pastor does his work properly, he works himself out of a job. Because what he's doing is this, he's equipping members who are under his ministry, he's equipping them for the ministry. And as he ministers, these ministries grow. And as these ministries grow, they must have their place of expression. And therefore, the one who has been birthing these ministries is worked out of his ministry to go and build up another body. And when he leaves that body, there is sufficient ministries birthed in that body to, to maintain it and to develop it. Amen? It's a very shaky job, you know, when you're working yourself out of a job. They're there for 
directing the body, they're there for revealing to the body, they're there for strengthening the body, they're there for maturing the body, and they are there for an example to emulate. I grew up in the ministry of a man named T.B. Lewis. Small little Welshman. And I used to go to his house. And I noticed on Sundays he was very nicely dressed. And I went to his house. He always has pads, patches, over the knees. And one day I dared to say to him, Pastor Lewis, why the patches? Oh, he says, I do a lot of this. God. God. I tell you, dear ones, when that man said that to me, I wanted patches on my pants. I saw a pattern to emulate. I watched these men walk. I watched them talk. I watched their actions. I watched their involvement. And I saw in them a pattern of Christ to emulate. And this is the quality and the character. Apostles. Apostles pioneering and establishing. Prophets perceiving and illuminating. Penetrating, perceiving the heart of Almighty God, seeing the glory of God's will and through prophetic ministry, revealing that to the church. Saints, I don't want to hear that God loves me. I know it. I don't want to hear in prophecy that God directs me every day. The Bible tells me so. I don't need to hear he can keep me day by day. Listen, he's covenant himself to do that. What I want to hear is the mysteries of his heart. The revelations of his will. And prophets are carried on the wings of the Holy Spirit. And upon the eternal wings they pierce the immensities of God. And under the profound anointing are taken beyond themselves. And they bring to the body of Christ. The deep mysteries of God Himself. Evangelists penetrating in the realms of Satan's darkness and delivering and emancipating. Pastors providing good spiritual care. Hallelujah. And teachers illuminating the truth. Now, just to close this particular point, Paul speaks in Ephesians 4.12 that these ministries are for the perfected of the body of Christ. This is why we are apostolic. This is what makes us distinctive. You will not hear anywhere else, in any other fellowship, and I make no apology for this, you will not hear the statements I have made tonight. A local church... In order to be perfect in the will of God, must be exposed to these headship ministries. A one-man ministry is not able to fulfill God's will amongst the body. We need the full orb 
function. Amen? Need a full function. And the, the function is for the perfecting of the body of Christ. For the work of the ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ. Until all the members come to the unity of the faith. And I believe that's going to happen. I believe tonight, dear ones, whether you don't believe it, that makes no difference. But I believe with strong conviction that a day will soon dawn when the body of Christ across the face of the whole earth will declare the same doctrine, the same teaching, the same order, the same government, and the same practices. Because God is going to cause a miracle in the body of Christ and bring it all together until God's people are in the unity of the faith. And coming to the knowledge of the Son of God. That's the ministry. It's not a bless me club. It is, it is the body of Christ being exposed to ministry. And a function together. And a body coming to knowledge of the Son of God. And to the perfect man. And to the measure of the fullness of the stature of Christ. What Jesus Christ is in his exalted humanity, so God has purpose to bring the church to that same quality of perfection and glory. And these ministries of the headship of Christ, as they minister the body, equip the body, every member to function. And as every member functions, the body grows and develops. And Paul closed it by saying that we be no longer henceforth little children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slate of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lay in wait to receive. We won't be children. You with me? You know, easily moved. See, I can so easily change the mind of my small grandchildren. I can manipulate them. There is no manipulation in the church of Jesus Christ. Because we're all growing up. We don't remain babes. Indeed, the Holy Spirit develops us very quickly. That we are not children acting like children in the church. I'm not going back to that place anymore because the pastor didn't look at me. I can't be free. They talked about me 50 years ago. When God is pulsating in his church the eternal energies of the Godhead to bring the church into the unity of his spirit and into the glory of his perfection. And to become a dynamic entity upon this earth. As the nations begin to realize that in the midst of the darkness of sin. There is a glorious enterprise of God. Which is his church. The only center of stability. The only center of hope. The only realm of divine ministration. And fullness. Not children. Folks, stop being children. Let's become men. 
Don't be moved by your feelings. Don't let your mental thoughts torture your spiritual experience. Don't let your human concepts bring a bondage to your liberty in the spirit. You're a member of the body of Christ. You've been set by God. You're exposed to the ministry, the headship of Christ, and you're growing up in maturity. Sometimes I'm playing with my grandchildren, and Florence comes along and she says, David, stop being a child. Be a man. <laughs> Now that's all right in his place, but if I, if I was playing all the time like that, I got a problem. <laughs> Imagine if I came into the service tonight and I was doing this. <laughs> you know, when I come, I'm expected to be dressed properly, walk properly, and to exemplify a character of manhood. Now that's what God wants in the church. There's a place for the children, and they will grow up. They're born again by the Spirit, and they'll grow up in the environment. But God wants His people who are older to stand in maturity so the children may see the pattern. Amen. Amen. See the qualities. See the characters. And as these ministries minister to us from the headship of Christ through these set ministries of apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers. The body of Christ is edified. See, every time we gather together in fellowship, we should leave that meeting if we're all functioning edified. The body of Christ matures, matures, and the body of Christ ministers. We have a young fellow, we have a young fellow with us in Peterborough, and when he got saved he was on drugs, and I'm going to close this part, on drugs, and when he gave a testimony he was so frivolous, and he had hair right down to here. Every time he got up he I do ask God for grace. But you know, he kept on coming. He was in every service. Turned up one night, his hair was cut. I said, praise the Lord. <laughs> he took come and his shirt was open and he was badly dressed, but he came on one Sunday, a nice new suit. That young man is now among us with a tremendous prophetic ministry. God has changed his character from a pimp and God's made him a man. Praise the Lord. 